This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, y'all? Hello and welcome to Hawkside Guns Podcast. So a couple of months ago, I bought, or maybe, maybe it was last month. It was, a little, it, was, it was a little over a month. Yeah, it was a little over a month. I purchased a Taurus Spectrum. And I I fell in love with it. I loved it. I know there there was a lot of controversy when they first came out, and I guess around 2015, 2016, something like that, that they had some issues. Uh, they did not like some ammo, the MaxTech or MagTech uh, ammunition. They had some uh, cocking problems or some ammo loading problems and stuff like that. Well, uh, Taurus went went through and fixed all that, as far as I can tell. And uh, the tw- I have a 2020 model, and it has performed absolutely flawless. I've run roughly around 400 rounds through it, which is which is a lot in today's ammo market for 380. Yes. Uh, the I mean, uh, normally we'd have done a lot more than that, but but it gets expensive at Thirty-five, forty dollars a box. Uh, now it's up to fifty a box. Uh, to uh, yeah, to to run three eighty through that. So I'm pretty good right now with with what it is, and I've got some Hornady critical defense stuffed in it now. But uh, one of the thing, and here's a thing, as we were talking earlier about uh, slides going back together and the gut. It, this thing is so freaking simple. It's got a, uh, it's got a, it's not a screw it's more like a, a turn lock you know it's it's you don't need a key for it. you can take a shell or a screwdriver yeah, or a dime yeah. or anything and just turn it and the barrel comes off basically it's it's fantastic it's yeah, absolutely the, fantastic the, the 365 sas is the same way oh it's so easy to come apart yeah. and it's so easy to clean and you clean it and you're just like that was it Holy and crap. now that I and, and now that I've said it's easy, it's not going <laughs> to happen. Next time you need clean. to take it apart, it's going to yeah. be horrifying. You're going to be, oh, good, good, Jesus, I don't understand. <laughs> it's going to be just like that. Uh, but I, I love it so much, and it's not as accurate as the Bursa. It's got a 1.8-inch barrel. Uh, it's it's really a, a close-range self-defense gun, but I just love it. I love it more than the Bursa. It's easier to pull. It's easier to carry. It's light. It carries one round less. It's got a seven. It's a seven plus one. Uh, the Bursa is an eight plus one. It's uh, it's just so easy to deal with and carry, and it's light and it doesn't print. Uh, it that I decided that this is going to be my carry pistol. I've been carrying it in various uh, forms and formats around the ranch, around the house, around stuff. Uh, during my uh, Christmas break, I'm going to see if I can get my concealed license and, or uh, LTC, and that'll be my carry pistol. It just will be. And I, I love it to death. So what I was looking for is a decent holster system for it. And as anyone who's been looking for that crap knows uh, in the in the recent times, Everybody and their brother have a holster <laughs> available or some kind of system available for carry, right? And, and if you're like most of us who carry, you've got a drawer somewhere just Full. filled with holsters that Full. you don't use. Yes. Uh, 
And it's always, they, they make the joke, this is the last holster you ever buy. With every holster purchase you've ever done, you're going to love this. It's going to be the last one you ever, no, it's not. <laughs> just just the, every time somebody says that, like, you know, a, a Glock gets its wings. You know, it's not, <laughs> you know it's a lie, right? And so I was looking around, and I didn't, like, some of the, the, the Kydex stuff is okay. I love the form fit and the click with a Kydex, but it's not exactly comfortable. I don't. Well, not necessarily, but. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little pointy. You know, it rubs a little bit and everything. And I had to get some, uh, you know, I sanded some corners off and I, did, you know, I made some stuff work. Uh, and the purse is not really a great carry for that anyway, because it's very pointy. It's got stuff sticking out of it everywhere. Uh, it's kind of big. It prints everywhere, and I'm not a huge dude, so I, I... And and the other thing is, is that for what it is, it's actually really stinking heavy. Yeah, it is. No, it's a big gun. For a 380, for a po- quote-unquote pocket 380, it's not a pocket anything, okay? it's Yes, you can physically put it in a pocket the same way you can fit one of those note phones or one of the big phablets <laughs> in your pocket. Yes, technically it'll go in one, but it ain't seamless, okay? So... I'm like, this isn't a good carry gun. I probably just, I, I was wrong. So I love the gun. I'm not going to sell it, but yeah. well, well, here's the kicker. You you know how the, the PPKs were actually designed to be carried? Uh, shoulder holster? Exactly. Yeah. Which they're great yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. I don't walk around with a shoulder holster. Yeah. <laughs> not not too many people wear vests anymore or you know sport coats or whatever i mean it's, i guess it's good if the winter you know weather's cold you could wear a jacket but uh not really a lot of that going on in texas year round so you, you don't know yeah so you really kind of needed a, either an ankle or a belt carry well an ankle not so much so i really wanted a belt and, which is good everybody makes one but uh Man, I looked everywhere. And this is one of the first times, because we've been talking about this for a little while. Uh, we saw, we they, they've got commercials for them everywhere on the net. Like, if you go to any place remotely gun-related, you are going to get an urban carry advertisement. You just are. Well, well, yeah, but their first thing that they started coming out with originally was the gun that goes down your pants. Right, and I was not interested in that. <laughs> no i was not interested in that at all uh so i'm like "Mm, no no that's uh that's not gonna be something i want uh but luckily they came out with something else and jake and i have been talking about this and we mentioned this on the show a while back because i was just fascinated with it and i wondered how it would work their lock leather system yeah which is basically a, a hybrid it's kydex wrapped in leather with a lock system, a, a very easy, uh, or or uh, I guess um, it, it's basically clips around the trigger guard as you put it in. Correct. correct? Yeah, and yeah. it's a very light but, click, but yes. But, but it's also made that though it will retain the firearm if you pull, it'll come out. Right, and you can wear it on a normal belt. Right. Yeah. So anything. Um, so it's not so much that. And that's part of the problem. Like, if you get, and I guess that make it a level two holster, but it's, a lot of the holsters, like, if you get it really secure, you're going to yank your pants up and give your balls a good squeezing, <laughs> trying to get this thing out of your pants uh, or out of your or a belt holster, with, trying to disengage these 
these safety systems. This yeah. one is enough that the gun isn't going anywhere. It's not oh, going to move. It's not going to fall and, off. And I'll even interject the, 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 the wonderful one, and for the life of me, I'm forgetting the name of it, that their release system was notorious for having the finger pop into the trigger as you were pulling it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember that. You're like, that's really not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the, the button was right next to where the trigger was supposed to get was going to be once you once you pulled the firearm. Right, and that's that's not good, you know. No. So it's it's a bad idea. So this one is designed so that if you pull it with a certain amount of force, and it's less than the force it takes to rip your pants up, but more than it would take to just for it to fall out. It's not going to fall out, which is really what you need, right? You can. Roll around with it. You can do whatever. Yeah, you don't want to end up being the guy who was breakdancing at a bar and had his gun fall out and go off and hit somebody. Right. You know, you're not going to be that guy. Uh, but it, it, it'll hold it, right? And it's very comfortable. It's got a leather-backed um, upper. Actually, it's leather-backed everywhere. It's It's got leather everywhere. But it's it's got a nice leather piece against you. And it's an outside. I got the outside of the holster do they make an inside the waistband version yes. of that holster uh i believe so hold on here i can look um i have the yeah. outside because i i know i mean i've seen the outside the waistband yes. ones but one inside of the waistband I've... yep oh they do yep I, that's that's a new concept i will have to look that up they sure do uh and I'll, and I'll have another last holster I'll <laughs> yeah, they they make lock leather <laughs> available styles uh owb iwb bwb uh, I what don't is, do the what is what is, what is BWB below the waistband. That's the inside your pants. You oh, that's up. OK. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I don't do that. Uh, so they've got uh, inside waistband, outside waistband and below the waistband. Um, I really wanted an, an, an outside the waistband holster. It's just it's just better all the way around for me anyway. Uh, but the thing that I, I love about it is you can wear it with a normal belt. And for the the Taurus Spectrum is tiny anyway, so the whole system is very small and very concealable. You can walk around with it, and you forget it's there, which is, I think, one of the highest compliments you can get. I mean, you know that you're wearing it and everything, but after a while, it's sort of like wearing a really heavy watch. Eventually, you forget yeah. that it's there because you're just used to it. This is the same way. It's not like with an inside, at least for me, with an inside the waistband holster, I never really, I, I don't forget it's there. It's always pinching me. It's always pushing on me. It's always there. Outside, not so I, much. I, I, I understand. And if I carry a large firearm or, or even what they would technically consider a compact uh, versus the micro compact that I typically carry. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I've gotten to a point where the micro compact, which is my little 365, I can wear on my belt and forget that it's there. But that's taken time. Yeah, exactly. And and a and the Tor Spectrum isn't really any bigger than that. It's it's in fact I think it's about the same size really. Um, very thin, very light, very small, and it's just easy to to deal with. Uh, but I, I was impressed. In fact, Shannon was so impressed, she uh, tried to steal it for her stupid-ass Walther. And I'm like, it's not going to fit. Okay, that's a sub, it's a micro or a subcompact 
380 and you're trying to shove a regulation, you know, a, a service weapon size 9mm down the throat of that, it ain't going to fit. And if you rip my holster, I'm going to be pissed. Well, Christmas is coming. Can I have one? Yes, you can have one. Uh, <laughs> So uh, she was so impressed with it. Now, she's got her, for her um, CCPM2, she's got a full regulation level 3 holster with the thumb brake. And, you know, it's it's outside. It's molded. It's It's got the whole, it's got the basket weave, you know, the uh, 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 nylon basket weave on it and everything. I mean, it's, it's well, a yeah, service but, but it's holster. Also, it's also there for a different reason. You, As you said, it's a service holder. It's there to basically say, yeah, that's open carry. I'm carrying a firearm. Yes, please versus... don't do stupid things. I will yeah. have to pull it. Whereas most of the rest of us are kind of doing the whole, I'm trying to go through life without anybody knowing I'm carrying a firearm unless they do something bad, in which case, it's unlucky it's there. Yeah, and honestly, it, you'd be surprised how often just seeing the gun deters people. Uh, my wife does a, a job where she has to deal with a lot of cash on, on a regular basis, and uh, she has to deal with that kind of thing. And she's been in law enforcement for a very long time, and and security and other things. But she's carried a gun for most of her career, and uh, now is no different. But in the last couple of months with quarantine going on, she has had to pull her weapon in anger uh, before 2020 once. Now, she didn't shoot anybody. Luckily, they stopped. Um, they went, oh, you know, I'm not that drunk. Uh, so uh, the, that was the only time in 20 years that she's had to pull it. Up until 2020, she's had to pull it four times. Four times. And the last time, this uh, was a couple of weeks ago, she pulled a 12-gauge shotgun, and the guy still considered it. You know, she's she, Damn. she saw him look like she racked a 12 gauge slug or a, a, a buckshot, nine pellet buckshot in the chamber and went, I'm just telling you, if you take an, it was sort of like a Raylan Gibbons moment. I'm like, man, my wife is badass. She's like, I'm just telling you, <laughs> you have another step of life in you. If you move forward again, sir, I will end you. Please back away. <laughs> and the dude sat there and considered it. And I'm like, how like how desperate and stupid do you have to be to look down a 12 gauge that has been racked and shown to you, pointed right at your midsection, less than 15 feet away? Now, a 12 gauge, for those of you who are listening, a 12 gauge with nine pellet buck, a double odd buck in it at 15 feet, you will not feel yourself hit the floor. It's oh, there won't be anything left of you. No, it's you're it's good. It's like being shot with 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 nine. What is it? Thirty eight caliber bullets. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like somebody emptying a clip into you. Like you're not with each trigger pull. You're not going to get up. The closest thing I ever came to being in that in a situation where I had to. Uh, you know, threaten somebody with my firearm. All I did just in the process of feeling uncomfortable was went from concealed carry to open carry and ended up making an ass out of myself because the guy ended up being a really awesome guy and I talked to him forever about guns. <laughs> yeah, you told that story of the cast. I love that story. That's great. Yeah. It's like meeting uh, and, your and, people. 
and it's kind of like I feel like a complete dumbass. I feel dumbass so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not difficult for me. I, you know, I it's not for me either. I just and I couldn't do my wife's job. I I couldn't. I'm not wired that way. I have way too much social anxiety. I have way too much. Like I'm way too suspicious of people. Um, she's suspicious, more suspicious of people than I am. She just gives them the benefit of the doubt because of her training and because she's very confident in what she's doing. I, I'm just not wired for it. I, I, I know that about me. Uh, but it's amazing to me. Like she tells me these things and she had to write it up. And, and one guy got so far that he, he, uh, rolled up in his car and jumped out and started yelling at them. And, and he was obviously drunk and crazy or both, or, you know, one or the other or both. And her partner looks at this guy. And it's like, um, you, you want me to shoot him? <laughs> Cause I feel like shooting him. You know? Thankfully, Shannon's the senior. She's a sergeant. And she's like, uh, eh, no, not today. no, I think we can. <laughs> he seems like he's going to understand. It's just going to take him a minute to catch up. You know, I, I I'm in awe of those situations because she really doesn't want to shoot people. She really doesn't. And she jokes a lot about it. She's like, oh, it's just a huge amounts of paperwork to shoot somebody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it from uh, Hot Fuzz? It, it, it was a nonstop action fest, but I cannot see how they can cause that much mayhem without incurring a serious amount of paperwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. You know, it's just like, Ugh. you know, and somebody in her company got got killed. You know, I mean, they had somebody like a, a guy went up to try and rob him and he shot first and. I'm like, Shannon, you know, what are you going to do when you're in that situation? She goes, obviously, I'm going to blow his fucking head off. I'm like, good girl. All right. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to give him a chance. She's just like, the, the, the reason that happened is because he wasn't watching and he trusted people. I don't trust anybody ever. You know, that's why you have a partner, somebody to watch your back when you're not looking. You know, and I expect him, like, yeah, sort of like the, uh, uh, the line from, I think it's Serenity. If I'm not back... You get the ship, and you come rescue me. <laughs> what? You're going to mess up my ship? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number love that you got that quote. Um, but <laughs> want to mess up my ship? But I, that's... <laughs> I might live. Yeah, I, I might. <laughs> no one's making it out of this. I might. I loved Jane. Jane, this is my very favorite gun. <laughs> My uh, my days uh, not taking you seriously are definitely coming to a middle. Uh, it's, it's my favorite. Really nice, it, really nice. We had some grenades. <laughs> we were really great right now. We had some grenades. You know, I I just I I have always I and I I grew up on action movies, right? I I understand that these kind of things, and I can conceive that they happen, but. I really hope I'm never put in the situation where I have to make a decision whether somebody dies or not because I I really don't have the experience that my wife has. My wife has this this sense about it where she understands I'm going to have to there's nothing else this person will understand other than a barrel in their face and that will get them to back down. I'm like, "Did you have your finger in the guard of the shotgun?" You know, and she's like, "Oh yeah." He was literally a step away from dying. 
you know, I, uh, I the, the the problem I end up having with the idea of ever having to be put in that situation isn't you know that situation. It's what comes after. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that I'm the one who's going to jail. Well, for no other for no other reason than somebody's going to look at me and go, "Well, did you try?" No, I I I shot him. <laughs> no. Well, did you try? No, I shot him. <laughs> well, did did uh, you? Don't you feel bad about it? No. No, I've got my wife and daughter over there. They're perfectly fine. You need to take me to prison for that, and I'm perfectly okay with that. And it's a little different uh, with well, like when you're on duty. Right. And, and she's not a cop. She used to be, but she's not a cop now. But there it's really it's really easy for her because she's like, look, there is literally a million dollars in the truck behind me. He was warned verbally. And, you know, she's got body cameras. The truck's got cameras. The bank's got cameras. Everything's got cameras and everything's got audio, um, especially her her uh, lapel camera. So you can clearly hear in the video. And the uh, the review when they did the review because anytime it leaves the holster you got to fill out a report right anytime and this time her partner drew down on this dude and she had a shotgun she just reached over behind her and pulled the shotgun and she's like look this is what's gonna happen and everyone who viewed the tape went holy crap I'd have just shot him you know I'm like wow. You know, that that dude is living because my wife figured he would rather live than and she was going to give him the chance because everyone who viewed it said I'd have shot him, you know, because he had a knife, you know, and I'm like, I don't understand, like, how you have the balls to, <laughs> to like stare somebody down like that. I'd have I'd have clipped him, you know, just been like, Gup! and I'd have slept fine. I not had any problem. You know, now they did get the guy arrested. You know, they forced him to to get down, and you know, the bank security guard or the bank police officer, which a lot of the police officers or a lot of banks have police officers now, because uh, ATM crime is a huge thing. A lot of the banks aren't getting robbed, but they're robbing the ATMs, which is the same as the law looks at that as the same as a bank robbery, right? Because you're robbing well, their property. Yeah. Um, sort of like when a police dog gets shot, it's the same as shooting a police officer, because it is a police Actually, officer. Actually, I'm personally of the opinion that it should be worse. Oh, I'm I'm very John Wick on the whole subject myself. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, that was killing 85 people is the proper response to shooting my dog. That is uh, yes. about right, as far as I'm concerned. And I previous to John Wick, I tried to explain to people how I felt about my puppy getting hurt, right? And I've tried that on many casts. I'm like, I don't think you understand how pissed off i would be now i have a clear example john wick <laughs> that is the appropriate response to somebody harming my animal <laughs> that is i like him better than most people okay <laughs> that is, he's a just, better just, person just, than most people just just most at most there's there's some that you know my wife my kids they're they're better uh but my my kid would argue that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, it goes to dog, us, other people. <laughs> She's actually accused me that if our house was ever burning down, that I would probably save the dog first. <laughs> that is a moot point in our house because the, the you know Bolo sleeps right by my bed, so I'd pick him up on the way to get to the kids. 
So it's it's fine. It's fine. He's on the way. <laughs> but because we've had like fire drills and all kinds of stuff and everything like that, and they're like, "Why are you carrying bolo?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Because <laughs> of the dog. Because he's dog. my bud. <laughs> He loves me when the rest of y'all annoy me, okay? He's what keeps me from snapping on you three. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I totally understand that. I am I am very uh, Wick-esque when, uh, when it comes to, to that kind of thing. But but to, to bring that around a little bit, I, when you're put in that situation and you have to pull and you have to have, you know, something there, I don't know. I hope I'm never put in that situation. I really don't. Although... Uh, the whole time we've been mentioning this, I've been looking at P365s online. And yeah. Man, are some of those really neat. They got some of them that are really neat looking. Uh, the, the one I have is the SAS model, uh, the one that's got the recessed um, uh, site that's actually in the slide itself. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good for, good for draws, good for good, clean shooting. Uh, it, it, and not only that, it's also got the ported barrel, which the thing can be a little snappy without the ported barrel. So I, as much as some people don't like them, I personally do. Um, yeah, it's accurate as all hell within seven yards, which is really what you need. Yeah, I see. That just looks so neat. I mean, I don't need one because they go for ridiculous amounts of money right now. But, but I mean, some of the freaking models on this thing are just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I I'm looking at uh, one's got a uh, what is it a Triarch Sig P365 Black Nitrate Executive. Oh my God, is it gorgeous! <laughs> I'll put that. Well, I, I I haven't gone that far. The only really ad I put on mine was uh, the um, TRL6 light underneath the uh, the the barrel. But other than that, it's um yeah I don't tend to go that much. I'm one of those people who unfortunately follows the whole you don't really want to modify your carry gun all that much. Oh yeah. So. Well, see, that's the that's the beautiful. I put it in the chat, but uh, that's the beautiful thing about the Triarch Sig is it's all modified for you. Oh, it's so pretty. It's got the compensate. You know, it's got the compensation on it. It's got the gold nitrate bear or uh, black nitrate uh, slide, but it's got the gold or, or plated. Uh, uh, barrel. Oh, it's so pretty. It's so uh, pretty. I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you if my computer would bring the picture. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen the one that you're talking about. Oh. My, as I said, mine's the, the uh, yeah, that's. It's got uh, fiber up sights. Oh, yeah, it's see, so pretty. Um, the, the only other one that, oh, Jesus Christ, it's 1600 bucks. Yeah, it's not cheap. It is, it is not cheap. I could buy like, you know, 10 shotguns for that. <laughs> Well, but yeah, but you could buy the the, the factory model uh, for six. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. See, uh, it, see, I and that that actually kind of goes into part of the other things that I kind of wanted to throw out here today is I'm kind of reached a impasse, for lack of a better term, uh, because you know I the 365 that I've got at the time I bought it it was 550. 
Sure. Uh, they go for about they, anywhere from five ninety nine ninety nine to six uh, to six fifty now, depending on where you get them. I'm sitting here looking at the the link you sent me, and this is a souped up model for sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. I have my my handguns that I have. I all shoot very very accurately when I've had an opportunity to practice. Um, and the only way that I can continue to move forward in the handgun market at this point is either for something new to come out, which may spike my interest, or to start going into this $1,600 shit, which I really, <laughs> really don't want to do. So I'm pretty much done buying handguns. Now, I'm not saying that I'll never buy another handgun, that there's not going to be something that catches my interest, but there's nothing at this point that I'm looking for. I've got every, I mean, I've got a SIG 229, which generally goes for about a grand that I got for a ridiculously low price. Um, that is, without question, my favorite gun to shoot. And uh, it, it's it's just beautiful. But once again, a gun that is typically worth $1,000 is, I'm not going to go any better than that unless I start spending 1600 bucks yeah. for a firearm. And I don't want to do it. So I'm kind of at a impasse of where do I go from here? What do I do with my obsession from here? Um, and I don't know the answer to the question. Part of me is thinking that I get a little bit more into the lever action shotguns. Excuse me, not sh uh, rifles. Sure. Uh, part of me is wondering whether or not I start getting more into shotguns that I have been. But another part of me is going to I start going for distance like you did with the 6.5 Creedmoor. I mean, I've looked at a couple of 308 rifles and stuff of that nature. And I just can't decide where my obsession is going to go at this point. And it's starting to bug me because it is, as stated, an obsession. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that. I mean, I have I have two projects that I'm uh, in a similar situation, only in reverse. Uh, I I kind of have shotguns down uh, as far yeah. as what. No, I love working on them and people bring me projects all the time and I'm happy to do them. Um, the 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 Star Wars gun found a nice home. Uh, recently, the um, I've got somebody else begging me for the uh, Franken gun. I built my 1148. They're like, "Oh my god, that turned out beautiful!" And I'm like, "It's like five different guns, but if you want, if you want it, I'll make you a price on it. It's not a problem." Um, I'm always looking for project shotguns because I love doing that in my spare time. However, like you, uh, I have the shotguns I like. I have an 870 that is close to a thousand dollar 870 at this point it has very beautiful stocks on it, it has uh, a, a screw and choke system it has a compensation system it's it's absolutely a beautiful wingmaster I have a a silver hunter that is beautiful in every way uh, as far as the branding goes and I have what is rapidly turned into my favorite shotgun the Weatherby uh, sa08 deluxe which uh, between those three guns and my bicycle I I don't really shoot anything else. I mean, I, I, I will, but if I'm going to, if somebody says, hey, let's go bust some clays, I'm going to pick one of those three. And I like you, I'm like, well, what the hell else do I, I'm kind of covered there, and I know what I like now, uh, sort of like you with pistols. I know what I like, and I know what I shoot well. Well, I've even gone so far as to tell the guys at the store, like, if you see me looking at a gun that is not a six hour, uh, question me on it. You know, do you really <laughs> exactly, you know, get my brain at least clicking on the fact that, you know, with the exception of the PPK, I have never kept a gun that was yeah, show you all the receipts hour. of the stuff you don't own anymore. <laughs> you know, exactly. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's kind of the same way. I've I've got probably twenty shotguns in the house um, in various states of of repair um, and and project and stuff like that. I've got this Browning A5 that I know for a fact I'm not going to keep, uh, even though I did find the the or a buy. I was like six bucks on eBay. The uh, the ring that you put in front of the spring and the uh, capture cup to make it a lighter uh, recoil, which should help a great deal. Uh, and my clavicle thanks it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I still know that because of how torturous it is to, to take this thing down, I'm not going to keep it. I, I'm in love with modern uh, takedowns and pump takedowns that are easy. You can clean them in 10, 20 minutes if you know what you're doing and you put it back together. This it's, it's an, an object in patience to, to clean the Browning. And I, I, I came up with two projects. Uh, the first was I wanted to do the long distance. So we talked a little bit about that. And I did the 6.5 Creedmoor. Or I am doing the 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, I know the scope I want to put on it. I want to do a Vortex uh, uh, Diamondback uh, XD. It's about a four or $500 scope. Uh, and I want to do a stock. You got you to gotta, you gotta love when the scope is more than the gun. Oh, my God. I looked it up. And I... I understand optics. I, I went and did my studies and I watched videos and I shot a couple and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, this is the range that it, it starts to make a difference about the optics, right? Like if you're trying to reach out and you're trying to get performance out of it, uh, even for a beginner, you need to push past that 100 or $200 scope to really get the optics at a level that, you know, a consistent level. Where you where, can where, start to move whereas, stuff around. Whereas I have a $25 red dot sitting <laughs> on top of a Henry rifle. Right. You know, and I have that kind of stuff, okay? I, you know, worst, I don't know. The worst part about it is is that it made it accurate as all hell. I hit the bullseye with that all day long with the red dot. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, and were it close in under 100 yards, I totally – I have those on, on my 22. You know, I have short – Cheap scopes on it. And... Yeah, but 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 that's on your twenty two. I've got this on a Henry rifle. I was waiting for somebody just from like the Henry organization to walk up and go. Please take that no, no, off. No, yeah, no, no, you you need to give that back to us. If you're gonna put that on there, you obviously should not have a Henry rifle. I'm sorry, this man doesn't deserve this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and I'm I'm gonna put a Boyd stock on it. I already did the trigger group. I mean, I'm building. I'm doing a a a six point five build basically. And yeah. to, to get some yardage out of it, some significant yardage. I'm, I have uh, I've engaged somebody who does this very often to or a lot to teach me how to shoot a thousand yards uh, so that uh, I don't embarrass myself too, too, too long uh, in order to get this done. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get a bipod. I'm going to get all that kind of stuff for this. Gun, and I'm going to do a target build. It's great. Uh, it'll probably take four to six months to get the cash for it. I'm probably going to wind up having spent close to $800 on this rifle. Uh, normally, it would have been closer to 1000 but I got the gun super cheap. But uh, after that, the only other thing that I really want to do, and I know you're going to laugh at this, is I, because I'm exactly the reverse of you. I have shotguns down. My rifle, I'm doing now. Uh I think the next thing I want to do is I want to do a 1911. Uh, it, 
they're they're English. Um, you can go so far as actually building one if you want. That's kind of where I I was thinking about going, but you know, and I don't know enough about it yet, which is the fun part about it, right? You got to learn all that and kind of figure out where you're going to do, what your entry point's going to be, where your finish line's going to be, that stuff. And the other part about that is, is that if you, um, one of the things that I know that they, or I'll rephrase because we don't want to make sure we're not giving out inaccurate information. If I'm, if I'm aware correctly, geez, what, what? my syntax, grammar, and everything just went out the freaking window. <laughs> so, so th- this is why I don't work in radio, and this is a, you know, fun podcast because I all of a sudden reach a point in where words don't mean anything. Um, if I'm aware and if I'm accurate, one of the things that happens when you actually go to get a, uh, uh, a degree in gunsmithing is you pretty much from the ground up. And I mean, from a block of aluminum build a 1911. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I may be a hundred percent wrong, but I've seen some programs in which that they basically give you the block of the aluminum and show you the machine tools and basically say, you know, when you that your graduation project is a functioning 1911. Oh, I could totally, I could totally be into that. I would totally, do, I, I would, I would l- I enjoy the hell out of doing that if that was the case. Like if I could find one of those programs that did that and and that was a thing because I I've got some of the other skills. I mean that's that's not the the problem. I mean, I'm creative enough and I can follow directions generally speaking. Uh, I I would have zero problem with that. That would be super well, the- fun. The nice thing, though, about the aluminum frame guns that you would probably appreciate is the fact that the grips themselves are interchangeable and decoratable. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally handle that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, I mean, there's been some people who've even, you know, sent you 1911 grips and, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes, there have. I, I can't remember who that is at the moment. <laughs> Uh, I'm just teasing you on that one, but, um, but, but it should be right up your alley. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I've always been fascinated by. And, and the, the problem is, and and I know you'll know what I'm talking about by this, the, there's a proper length and weight and caliber of a 1911 of a proper 1911. And a lot of the the 1911s that you see out there now are are different than that. You know, like my brother's got a short barrel one from Kimber, and I hate it. You know, because it doesn't it doesn't feel right. You know, it's it's just like it's close, but it's not it's not it. You know, uh, you get a lot of stuff that's. Uh, you know, they start playing with the materials and stuff, so now it's really bouncy. You know, and yep. it's not heavy like it's supposed to be to, to take some of the, the recoil out. Uh, and and they go super light. You're like, wow, this is interesting. You know, it's, so if I'm going to do one, I want to do one right and and start from there. Are, are you interested in shooting a 45, though? You know, I think I, I've, I've shot a couple of them uh, recently. And there was a, the reason I got into this as an idea at all, which I'm considering, is because I shot an actual, well-maintained Colt government model. And it was neat. Uh, it was very heavy. And yeah. it did not recoil like I thought it would. 
you know, and you know, the guy was an old, uh, uh, was one of the friends of my dad and he's an old military firearms instructor, uh, army firearms instructor. And he's like, look, I'm going to teach you the same way they've been teaching people to shoot 1911 since, you know, world war one here, do this, put your arm like this, put your thumb here. I want you to line up here and I want you to pull the trigger. And then, you know, it's, and it's like, oh, okay, this is what this is supposed to feel like. I understand now. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's what it is. Got it. This is very different experience than some of the clones that I've fired or held or, or seen or, or uh, uh, tried to shoot before. Well, uh, as, as you said, a cult, a, a cult government 1911, though, is also not exactly what you would refer to as an inexpensive firearm. No, it's not. Um, you know, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what the prices of those go for, but I know the uh, the same size firearm made by SIG is in the nature of about of a $1,200 firearm. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what you have with the other people doing is trying to make affordable 1911s. Yes. And that's where you end up with things like different materials, you know, smaller handguns, etc. Yeah. And, and it's, it's different. It, it really is. And there's, but the, the part that got me, reasonably excited about it is you could take something and as long as it's of good quality and good stock uh to begin with there you can buy your way into building a two thousand dollar 1911 oh without question quite, quite it, easily and it'll it's interchangeable it'll fit as long as you get these quality materials that are machined correctly to the right tolerances uh you can get an exceptionally well-crafted firearm Absolutely. Uh, so I I was interested in that because it's one of, and I'm not a Glock guy because you can do all kinds of cool stuff to Glocks, but I just I'm not a Glock well, guy. Well, and 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 the funny thing is is that if you, if you're looking at building something from the ground up, the other thing that you know one that's available to do that with is unfortunately Glock. Yeah. I mean you you can buy Glock frames, but whatever uh, you know, even to the point where you still have to finish milling them out. Um. And then put whatever trigger and slides and, and all that good stuff. But it's once again, what you're for all intents and purposes building is a Glock 19. Yep. I mean, that's that's it, you know, and you can do uh, the only other thing that I was interested in, because I'm like I said, I'm not a Glock guy. The only other thing that I found that was that interchangeable and that interesting was a 1911. And I don't mind shooting 45, although right now, good luck finding it. You know, I mean. Uh, it's, well, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, by the time I get around to this, after I get done with my 6.5 build and, and stuff like that, it might be a little bit different story. So I thought about now, doing it. Now, would you consider a, a nine millimeter one or does that take away from the authenticity? I don't know. To me, at least as far as I can tell, it's really kind of not a 1911 unless it's got that that 45 punch to it. Okay. Um. I, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with you. I was more or less a question. Yeah, I, I think it'd be 45. To be honest, um, I have nine millimeters. Uh, it's in quite honestly the best nine millimeter I have shot recently is Shannon's. Well, what turned out to be Shannon's CCPM2, which is smooth and easy and very accurate and and made to be a quality service weapon. Uh, past that, I much more prefer if I'm going to carry something. It'll be a 380. Uh, so this isn't going to be a carry gun. It's not going to be. It's going to be a gun to play with. And as long as I'm doing stuff to play with, it might as well be fun. 
So I, I, I see. And the worst part about it is I think that may be part of where I'm running into an issue is even though I've had a lot of fun playing with my firearms, they've always like every one that I've always had, it had a mental purpose to it sure. in a whatever situation. You know, I had a, a, a handgun for home defense. I had a handgun for, you know, uh, carry. I had a handgun to put into my backpack. I had, uh, you know, a shotgun for home defense. I have a rifle for shit hits the fan. Um, it wasn't until I bought the lever action rifle that I kind of started getting into something to purchase just for fun. It wasn't until I bought the PPK that I bought something just for fun. And that's kind of what I'm looking at. I don't have the same access to inexpensive things to clean up and, and uh, redo. I mean, hell, even if I did buy them, I don't really have a workshop place in my house in order to do that kind of stuff. Um, so I really am stuck to buying things that are ready to go for all intents and purposes. And, and I don't really know what to do because the purposes are all filled. Yeah, and I could see that. And it's and I do cheat a little bit because I have I can do everything but mill. Right? Yeah. Uh I can I can do almost everything except that and that's provides a lot of freedom, uh, especially uh, if I get something that has like a long gun, like a shotgun or a rifle that had needs a lot of woodwork or needs um, parts replaced or, you know, I, I just did, uh, and we can talk about this next cast, but, uh, cause we're running a little bit, but, um, I just hot blued my first barrel turned out freaking great. Amazing. Um, again, watched it on YouTube, did some research, <laughs> uh, called a couple of guys and they're like, yep, that's how it works. I'm like, okay, so I need a temp gun, uh, some vegetable oil, a container and a blowtorch. They're like, Yep. Are, are you doing a barrel or a creme brulee? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was surprised. I was like, this is like cooking. This is nothing. You know, don't touch it. That is hot. You know, whether it's glowing or not, that is hot. That is hot. That is hot. You know, that's all you got to remember. Like, get some good tongs. You know, <laughs> but uh, I hot blue barrel, uh, a, uh, a small little uh, uh, Glock barrel, as a matter of fact. This guy had polished and he'd done a terrible job on it. And he's like, can we just, uh, I just need to put this back correctly, you know, and everything. So we we did our research and everything and I hot blew the barrel and it was freaking easy. I'm like, you're kidding me. You know, this, that's all we got to do. You got to maintain the temperature and you got to get that right. And you got to quench it correctly and everything like that and, and make sure that everything goes right. But it's not hard. Uh, so a lot of people wind up screwing them up because they get them like cherry red. So you're messing with the tempering and all that stuff. And it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, I, I encourage you guys to investigate it. Do not take professional bluing advice from me. I've done one and it turned out okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't screw up your guns because Sean said it's simple. No, it's not. But it's it's really it's a lot easier than you think. It really is. Okay. Uh, uh, now uh, then, I'll I'll make this easy for people who are listening. Sean likes to be extremely modest. That, that being said, he is a talented person when it comes to these kinds of things. I, on the other hand, am not. <laughs> Therefore, I will tell you that it is not easy to do. 
it does take a, a fair amount of, of um, research and concentration. Uh, you do have to, to get the temperatures right. You do have to quench correctly in the right material uh, for the metal composition that you're uh, using. But, I mean, if you've got some basic metallurgy, it's not that bad. I mean, I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody has some basic metallurgy. Yeah, that that's that that goes with it. Yeah, I did go to welding school, so that that helps. Is, I mean, see, most. I'm 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 sure that we've got a few welders listening to there. Most of us did not. The closest I came to this was chemistry class. <laughs> so I do at least understand what we're talking about, but I would have no concept how to do it. So. If we're talking about somebody who actually has a shop and can do these kinds of things and has learned of, of these things over the years, yes, these things may be doable. To those of us who live in a townhouse and the only thing we really understand is the chemistry and physics of lasers, um, no. <laughs> I went to Hobart. Uh, to, to be fair, I went to Hobart's uh, welding school. Uh, Hobart is a uh, welding manufacturer. Um, of of welders and, and welding gear and all that kind of stuff. Well, when I, I used to work for a, uh, well, uh, found co-founded a, a uh, tool uh, publication, which I will not name, and uh, they sent us <laughs> to welding school for a little while. And it, it was great. You know, you get to learn about metallurgy and what it takes to actually – uh, combine metal and, you know, you learn about penetration and temperature and, and materials and, and how that moves around and, and what... Wait, wait a minute, which cast are we on? <laughs> exactly. And uh, it, it was it was super... So I do come from a little bit of a background on that and it was super cool to to learn it and everything. So now uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable in electric welding. I'm very comfortable in uh, MIG welding. Uh, I don't, you know, like I, I would rather like it, it, there's a lot of baggage that goes along with like super high end welding and stuff like having these these bottles or canisters in your garage that can explode your house. Um, so I, I I don't normally do that. I borrow somebody else's well maintained welder because <laughs> uh, there's like licenses that you have to have and all that kind of stuff to keep the bottles. So I normally do electric welding. It's much simpler, much easier. You just plug it in, and it's easy. But because I come from that kind of background, um, getting metal to a certain temperature and then quenching it is not that big a deal for me. It It is a big deal. You can warp your barrel. You can ruin your barrel. You can ruin all kinds of stuff because metal, and, when it and, gets hot. And you can burn your house down. Uh, yeah, you could do that, too. It's probably better to do it outside. Um, there, there's a lot of heat. And a lot of dispersing gas, all right? Uh, if you use the wrong quenching oil, you can kill yourself. Did you know that? <laughs> Actually, I did. That goes back to the whole chemistry class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so there's still, like, if you use a certain type of motor oil, they put additives in those motor oils. And those additives, when they're supply, or, uh, applied to extreme heat, will vaporize. And it can create stuff that, if you put your face over it and breathe in, can kill you. So it's probably better to do your research if you ever plan to do that, or better off just send it to somebody and wait eight months, which I wasn't willing to do. Uh, <laughs> again, no patience uh, to to get that stuff done. But it's super it's super cool, right? And I would love to to get involved with a lot of that and and all that kind of thing because I I have some experience in this and that. Wood, I got it. 
right? If there's anything to do with what I can do that, just give me the right tools. I can freaking make it go. But, um, milling is one of those, like it's FM, you know, it's freaking magic. It's uh, like milling is so far beyond. Like I have no experience on a milling machine. None. Uh, it is, uh, if, if you get really lucky these days, you buy one in which case you plug the pattern in and walk away. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the dream, right? That's <laughs> It's like, oh, and even after that, like I got news for you, you still need finish out, you know, because oh, yeah. it's a rough cut. Even, I don't care how good it is. You're still going to have to do some some finish out on something that comes directly out of a miller. Uh, but it's it's amazing stuff. And the part that has always uh, fascinated me about firearms is the fact that it is the ultimate in human mechanical technology, as far as I'm concerned. There is, it is an art form and a practical application of uh, mechanical engineering. And to and, and the best part about it is, is that for at least the past, you know, 150 years, they haven't changed. Not, not yeah, not I mean, very much. I mean, at all. Don't, don't 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 get me wrong. There have been, you know, some efficiency changes and some, you know, you can make of better tolerances now than you could 150 years ago. But the general concept and design of, for example, the semi-automatic pistol hasn't changed since Browning. No, you know, since it was conceived. Um, you know, the, the idea of a, automatic, uh, of a uh, fully automatic firearm hasn't changed since, you know, World War I. Right. They, they've made them more efficient. Oh but yeah. The general concept of how they work and what they do has not changed, which makes it really easy for people to start learning it, right? And and learn a certain proficiency with it in some areas that they feel like they're experts, you know, like, "Oh, I've done this." And it's like, "Yeah, but you kind of haven't." You know, or well, yeah, <laughs> you did, but it's a very specialized thing you did. And and we said this many times, like to to be an actual expert on on any facet of firearms takes a lifetime. And it's oh yeah, it's easy to learn, difficult to master. And to to me, it's just fascinating. I I all the skills that I've ever had, you know, the woodworking, uh, the mechanical work, uh, the metal work, the welding, all all of these things um, come to play. In here, the artistry, all, all of it come come due in in working with firearms, which is why I find it fascinating. It, I really do. It's it's the neatest thing, and I am kind of so so at it, but I'm still, you know, I, I, it's always a learning process, which is cool. Well, I, I know we're running a little bit long, but I have one more for you. Do it. Okay, which is, um, I, I think I kind of got the gun version of the Nigerian prince scam <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> Uh, on Twitter not too long ago. Uh, and it really just kind of had me just laughing up a storm. Um, I suddenly get a uh, a message and a follow on Twitter from what, if you would have looked at the actual uh, picture on her her avatar picture, you'd have thought that it was a model, not a gun person, a model. <laughs> um and but I started looking at it and it starts saying, you know, talking about firearms. I'm like, OK, this could be kind of cool. And then I get a direct message from, quote unquote, her. And 
what she starts telling me is is that she's in the out on the west coast now first of all uh it's it it's in broken english whoever was typing this english is not their first language of course um and talking about how they're on the west coast and they are a wholesaler of firearms okay uh-huh. Okay, and I'm sitting there going, okay, so if you're going to start telling me you're a wholesaler of firearms, first of all, that means you can't legally sell me one. I was going to say, you're you're already screwed. So unless you uh, wanted yeah. to talk about your business, then, you know, like, uh, if you wanted to inter- interact with the, the that person, no. Yeah, so, but, but I'm getting a kick out of this, so I'm continuing the conversation. And uh, so she, once again, in quotes, uh, sends says that she uh, wants to know what kind of firearms I'm interested in. And I said, well, right now I'm kind of into lever action rifles. So she says, okay, well, here's my um, inventory list. And she sends me an inventory list that's got everything from Henry Rifles to Rossi's to uh, Marlins. First of all, all of these things I know well aware are not available at the moment. <laughs> okay, I mean, Marlins not even manufacturing at the moment. No. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. So I pick one and I go, uh, you know what? I'm I, that that uh, Marlin 1894C looks uh, looks pretty good. First of all, none of these are pictures; it's just a list. Sure, of course, of okay. course it is. So she goes, well, fine. I'll send you a picture of it. And what she sends me a picture of is a Henry Longrider. <laughs> wow, you'd think they'd be more on top of it. So I'm I'm sitting there going, oh my god, this is the Nigerian prince scam for firearms, and I and so I finally just kind of went, you know what, I, I'm not in the market for anything at the moment, but if I am, I'll let you know. <laughs> but it just was sitting here dying on the fact that somebody was that somewhere along the line, I'm sure somebody has sent this check money, um, in order to try to find the firearm that can't be found at the moment. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not even the right manufacturer, man. Exactly. Like, like if you're going to scam, get your shit together. You know what I mean? Just come on. It's not the right manufacturer. It's not the right even type of firearm. It's not even like I, – because I, oh, uh, well, it's, it's an all lever action, but it's a two two three or a three oh eight instead of a three fifty seven. Just get your <laughs> – yeah, I was dying when that happened. Uh, and then the last one is uh, I, just because I, I got a kick out of it and how people are with their firearms. And the worst part about it is because I was one of them involved in this. Uh, Henry was going to update all of their rifles at the end of the year. And somewhere along the line, somebody let it slip. And everybody went to Henry's website to see what they were doing and literally crashed the Henry Rifle website. <laughs> and the funny part about it is that the thing that they've done to update their rifles is they added a side gate. So Henry Rifle's website was crashed over adding a side gate loader. You know what? It, it more power <laughs> to them. Because... <laughs> When was the last time you saw somebody so like you know you've arrived when you mention you're going to have an update and it crashes your website like oh, Henry absolutely. is here to stay you know like this is not <laughs> a fad somebody has done some brilliant stuff with remarketing Henry and getting that back clawing its way back on top which didn't take much but clawing <laughs> its way back on top so much so to the fact that if they mention they're going to do something. There's there's a wild burst of interest. Well, I mean, I guess if uh, 
<laughs> if you're a Henry guy, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, I was. I, I wouldn't know what the hell they were doing. The worst part about it is the idea of adding the side gate loading into it is it maybe kind of go, ooh, that could be kind of cool. I may need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's put it this way: Do I mind the tube vet, the tube loader that I've got? Absolutely not. But did in the process of loading it, did my dad look at me and go, you know, that's not the way John Wayne did it? Yeah, he had a side gate. <laughs> you don't see. T- John Wayne with a tube sticking out in the front of his gun, do you? No, you know, loaded it like a with a side gate, like a man. <laughs> yeah, and then he heard it go boom. Yeah, yeah, and that normally ends the discussion. But uh, it's look, my Marlin has got a, uh, it's it's got a side gate. It's 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 badass. You know, you do. Well, you, and the worst part about it is that's actually why I had been looking at the Marlins was to get something with a side gate. Oh, you feel like such a badass just loaded in a side gate. You do. You feel like John Wayne. You do. You feel like John Wayne. You're like, I'm going to shoot some stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still in the market for the Lever 357 at some point in life, and it's pretty much the only thing at the moment I'm still kind of looking for. Um, it does sort of answer my what's next question, but now that I know that they've got a side gate version, I know what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'll buy the old Henry off you when you need the money. It'll be great. <laughs> I, you know, we, we may talk about that. Because <laughs> I already got one with side gate. I'm just looking for something to play with, and a Henry is always awesome. But uh... it's, it's got a, it's got a really nice red dot on it. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive. Exclusive. <laughs> the best twenty bucks can get you on Amazon, man. Best no. of glass. <laughs> but that's all I got. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed the show. We uh, welcome you back next time, whenever the hell that may be. We're coming back. Uh, we're coming up on the holiday time, so it may get a little dicey here and there. Although I'm taking the back end of December off and probably a chunk of January. Uh, so uh, I may be uh, out shooting and out uh, building some stocks. I got some uh, custom, uh, custom just freshly cut last year wood. I'm going to attempt to make my first from scratch shotgun stock set. So, uh, oh, that sounds like fun. I think so. Uh, or it'll be a nightmare of epic proportions. One of the two. Uh, it'll it'll uh, be interesting. I'll post some pictures of whatever abortion that turns out to be, but. Uh, should be interesting one way or the other. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.